gentlemen, this is the very first episode of I Am Tremont. I am your host, Fresh Prince, aka Darren Tremont. And you guys, it's such an honor and a privilege to debut this episode to you guys. It's, it's, it was a little project that's been close to my heart for a while now. Shout out to the OTS gang for helping me put this thing together. And it's an honor to have this first guest on here. This guy, I've known him for a long time. He's He's been an awesome person in my life, a big role model. He's also a host of his own show, Life's a Botch. You got Mr. Dwayne Dickey, a.k.a. Highlight Rim. What's going on, my ooze? Oh, what's going on, Mr. Tremont? What's up, ooze? How you doing, I'm, sir? I'm doing pretty well. How about you, bro? Oh, wonderful, man. Wonderful. You know, uh, here setting the business setting occasion, you know, we're right here, uh, you know, given the proper exteriors, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I was contacted and uh, asked to be a part of this uh, wonderful, extraordinary occasion, you know, and uh, so, you know, I thought it was fitting and, 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 and best for business, you know, especially this business mm-hmm. to uh, step foot. And uh, I find myself in the in the right situation to, to join my oos in this occasion. Okay, I see you got you got the tag team belt on your shoulders. I see the little yeah, shirt know. on you, bro. You came, you came yeah, you know, to, we, right. You came with the right swag today. I see. Yeah, huh? Well, you know, um, you know, I had to represent, you know, the, the CEO of CEOs, and you know, Mr. MVP himself. You know, uh, CEO of a certain business that we know called the Hurt Business. And you know, mm. well, when you when you're with the Hurt Business, you know, and have gold around your shoulders, and you know, it's nothing less than that. So you know, uh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, they got they got tag champs. You know, they got okay. United States champs. You know, and okay. they got well, the champ. You know what I mean? So uh, you know, hey, we're we're in here pretty well. You know well, what I'm saying? Since you represent the hurt business, you know, I had to represent my boys. I had to go back. I had to go way back. I had to go back to the 90s, the NWO, not just any brand of the NWO, the Wolfpack. And I got this belt with me right now. Mm. Kevin Nash, you know, Kevin Nash was my guy. Big deuce, you know, the big diesel. Yes, and you know, yes. I gotta represent with him because this is this is a special episode. It is the very first episode. We had to do it right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yes, did. So did. before we get started, I just want to like kind of explain how what how the podcast uh is gonna go. I am Tremont is is a it's a way for me to show my personality to the fans and to my supporters and to everybody who represent OTS and um and you're gonna hear a lot about my first love professional wrestling, you guys. Uh that's always been my first love since I was one years old. And I think I'm the only person who still enjoys it in my family, actually. Um, I'm gonna also be talking about different acting projects that I'm I'll be involved with, uh, just doing different topics with different guests. And you guys, I just want to show you guys that this is my world, and I'm not afraid to show it. And that's why I really appreciate my boy Dwayne coming on because wrestling—he know wrestling been a huge impact in my life. So and so has it been in his life. And so it was on the right to bring him on as the first guest. And also he brought me on with his show was just getting started so i had to show the love and appreciation back and i really want really want to thank you now bro for coming on and hey let's have some fun oh yes absolutely let's have a lot of fun man so uh yes sir by all means i'm here to follow your lead my friend let's do this thing yes sir so i i want people like to get to know 
you, you know, get to know you more. I'm pretty sure you discussed it more over on your show, but like wrestling, you're a huge wrestling fan. We know it. You, you dissect it. You know it. Like, it's like, it's like art to you. So what is your first memory of you seeing professional wrestling? Or what was that match? Who was that first wrestler for you? Like, what made mm-hmm. you say, you know what? I'm going to study this more and, and I'm a fan of it. Like, what, what made you say that? Like, wow, this, this is it for me. You know, um, wow, that's a great question, actually. You know, it goes back to uh, being a Memphis native. I mm-hmm. remember being living with my grandmother at the time and you know I spent a lot of time with my grandmother you know a lot of times she would she would babysit me when my mother was working so you know she'd be working at FedEx and and you know it was just a lot of you know wouldn't come home till late so I'd be with my grandmother most of the time and when we'd be at the house I remember you know you know I'd just kind of be in her room and you know she she'd just be kind of you know just 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 we'd spend some time together a lot of times and just like mm-hmm. watch whatever was on TV you know a lot of times she would probably watch something she wanted to watch and uh, I'd you know just kind of be in my own little world playing with some toys or something watching with her or whatever and uh and then you know of course she would let me kind of just flip the channels and see what I, whatever I wanted to watch so mm-hmm. at the time um while my mother and me were living with my grandmother at the time uh we did have cable at the house so I remember flipping through some channels and um, I just came across this, this, this interesting visual. Uh, I saw, I saw a woman and I saw a man who was talking to this woman. And I saw this man who was very decked out in swag, you know, uh, he was very Elvis looking in a way and had these glasses and, you know, I had a certain swag about him, you know, and then all of a sudden I saw this, this woman who I knew was a woman, but I was wondering, hey, is that a woman for sure? Or is, you know, she's kind of swollen, you know, is that a, is that a woman or is that a man? Cause I've never seen a woman so muscular. And then mm-hmm. found out, of course, it was indeed a woman. Uh, these two individuals are by the name of the rock and China. And mm-hmm. I saw them first. I just flipped through and I remember seeing them during the attitude era. And I saw, all of this and it just it had me hooked for some reason because again being so intrigued by this this individual who looked like Elvis and the rock with the sideburns and the glasses and the hair made me wonder you know okay what is this is this a parody or what, what is this what am I watching right now and it just had me hooked from there on because I remember just watching it week after week after week and then finding out about, oh, you know, through my cousin. Oh, hey, there's this other one named WCW. Really? Okay. Came on an hour before uh, before this Monday Night Raw. All right, cool. Flipping through, back and forth, just watching both uh, competitors, you know, watching both uh, organizations going at it, you know, for the Monday Night Wars, which is uh, epic time wrestling. But, mm-hmm. yeah, man, that would be my first experience and encounterment with it. Uh, where I really took it serious. And I just remember at that time, I made a lot of friends over the years. What made me love wrestling was I made a lot of friends through wrestling uh, because I was a very shy kid. Mm -hmm. So at that time, being such a shy kid, you know, kind of all this personality, but just yet to myself, shy. You know, I remember coming to school and finding out I made friends who also liked wrestling like I did. We would talk about it, you know, and next thing you know, 
full-fledged conversation about wrestling involved us hanging out all the time, squatted up, buddied up, you know what I mean? Even talks with some of those friends of like, hey, we're going to grow up and be wrestlers, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're going <laughs> to grow up and we're going to do this. Yeah, this is, this is, this is fun. We got to grow up and do this. So, um, man, it just stuck with me, and I just I haven't looked back since, man. That's dope. And it's interesting how you was right there, like in the middle of the, the Monday Night Wars, uh, like how you were switching back and forth. I know that was actually like for me, being so young, because uh, I ain't getting to wrestling power right, right at the tail end of WCW ending. Like I said, I was one years old. So I could never really experience switching back and forth because I was a baby. So the 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 hear that you was in that era where anything could happen, you had to switch both channels. That's dope. Yes. Um so as I heard you say the rock in China, so what what since you brought them up, especially mm-hmm. the rock, because I know you love the rock. The rock is your main ooze for rest. What match made you like sit back and say, Man, this guy's legendary? Like this guy is this guy's gonna be in the hall of fame. This guy's gonna be my favorite forever. What match was because I like for me, you know mm-hmm. my history with the rock. You know, I'm just now coming around with him, but Mm-hmm. I cannot deny the fact, especially in that time, the Attitude Era, mm-hmm. know, the Monday Night War, The Rock was a main factor of WWF, well, WWE as we know it, mm-hmm. taking over the reign. So, what match in that era made you say, you know what, that's my guy? You know what? Um, that's that's so awesome to say because back then, you know, it was it was finding favorites were mm. so hard because I had so many favorites, you know, mm-hmm. the rock was the first guy to catch my attention. And then Austin was the guy to keep my attention. Mm. And then all of a sudden I come across guys like Kane, mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy, mankind. And next thing I knew I was incredibly hooked to all of these different characters. You know what I mean? Uh, But the ironic part about The Rock and Stone Cold was the dynamic between the two. Because for me, the first match that had me say, okay, yeah, I love this, was WrestleMania 15, Mm. seeing Stone Cold versus The Rock in the main event at WrestleMania. Great match. Great match. And it's crazy, really, because beforehand, didn't even realize that, until looking back at it, I didn't realize that the road that led to that match, I actually got to experience my first live show. Wow, wow. And it was 1997. St. Valentine's Day Massacre mm, at the Tennessee mm-hmm. at the Pyramid. One of my rare and only experiences with that venue uh, where I remember it like yesterday. Mm-hmm. Being there, uh, you know, had a drill sergeant, you know, from my drill team uh, back in church. You know, we had a drill sergeant and uh, when we was in drill team, me and my cousins, and he won some tickets on the radio, K97, you know, uh, Ended up winning some free tickets to go see a show, WWF. And next thing I know, you know, obviously the drill sergeant and my mother were very connected because I believe we got a drill team through my mother. So he reached out to her and said, hey, well, look, he had a son. 
So he was like, look, I got a couple extra tickets. It's, you know, me and my cousin were, uh, we were good enough. We were lucky enough to be a part of that. So we picked us up, we went and uh, we were there, man. And experiencing that experience to see all of my favorites, Al Snow, Kane, Shamrock, Stone Cold, The Rock, Mankind. It was a, a very, very beautiful experience. But um, yeah, I would say that that match and anything that The Rock and Mankind did together. I yes. don't know what I really enjoyed about those the most, but something about that, that dynamic between those two always seemed to grab my attention, definitely. Uh, I, I, I think about the, um, you know, it's funny because we just passed the Super Bowl not too long ago and the anniversary of Halftime Heat mm. where literally Vince said, okay, during halftime of the Super Bowl, we're going to do a match. No fans, completely in the stadium, empty arena, empty arena match, The Rock versus Mankind, you know, in, you know, on the line, let's go. You know what I mean? Right. And and to see them go back and forth and hear The Rock talking all this trash during a match while, you know, just, you know, literally putting some sauce on this man and just taking a, a bite. So, oh, it's mild. <laughs> you know, like, you're like, man, who does that? You know, who, who talks that much trash while beating the heck out of someone like that? So that, that, that just, yeah, matches like that to me, told me, like, yeah, this man is going to be legendary, uh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, that, that's wild, because, like I said, that, I think that's why our connection is so strong. It's like, our very first things with wrestling have a connection with The Rock. Uh, I talked to this, uh, talked about this with you probably before, but uh, the very first match I ever seen was Judgment Day 2000. The Rock mm. uh, against Triple H. Yeah. The Iron Man match with Shawn Michaels, special guest referee, and the Undertaker comeback as the American Badass. Yes. And I think that's why I have such a strong connection for the the biker taker, because you know what I'm saying? That's the that's the Undertaker I've seen before, you know, getting older seeing the dead man come back. But go back to the rock. That's mm -hmm. why I have such a connection with him. Because my very first match I remember it was me, my mom, and my pops, and we was in the living room. We were living in Fraser here in Memphis at that time. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting on his lap, man. I just remember the Rock and Triple H being the hell out of each other. It was just, it was just epic. It was just like, um, I can say what I said about the Rock when I was younger. How I couldn't stand him, but I can't <laughs> take away the fact he made such a huge impact in in my life, your life, and just the whole wrestling industry is for the fans and everything, bro. So, so it's mm -hmm. dope. They see we kind of had that same connection with them, man. Dwayne Jones sure. and like. I bow down to him. I'm giving his roses while he's still here because he's sure. he's the best. You know, I give him that. So like so, pay per views. Everybody have a favorite pay per view. What do you mm. feel like is your favorite pay per view? Man, okay. So I'm gonna give you two. Okay. Because one of them is no longer around. Okay. And the other one is very year-round and completely traditional mm -hmm. um so my personal favorite pay-per-view mm -hmm. is the royal rumble oh good one it's something about that year when that comes up it's always an excitement growing up to see all of these different people coming, all of your favorites and then even just like the undercard and mid-card guys it's a nice mix of everybody's getting a shot to get some TV time, but to also 
win a chance the main event the biggest show of the year mm-hmm. and that factor of yo who actually could win this thing you know Man. the unpredictability of like oh snap so and so's in this thing mm-hmm. the rocks in it canes in it takers in it big Obi. shows in it you know what i mean brock lesnar's in it what hold on who's gonna win this thing mr perfect guys coming back you know, you're over here like, you know, RVD's coming back. You know, all of these different guys over the years, surprise entries, you know, uh, like AJ Styles debuting for the first time. You know, like yeah. all of this stuff signifies you never know what you're going to get out of a Royal Rumble. And right. that is exactly why I love that event because the moment that clock counts down and that buzzer sounds, it's a matter of, okay, whose music are we about to hear right now? And the craziness of the pop. I think about 2011 when my boy Booker T came back. Whew. And the pop that just was accepted through that whole entire arena was just like, yo, he's back. Man. You know, like, it's a beautiful thing. It gives you a great feeling. You know, I think about, you know, one of my personal favorites uh, in 2001 when my boy Kane dominated. And I still feel yeah, that's right. a rumble that he should have won, personally. Yes. Uh, yeah. But... Still, just the fact that, you know, to go in there and just dominate and, and how that Royal Rumble told a story from start to finish, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just all kind of stuff like that. Um, so I love the Royal Rumble, but before the Royal Rumble, I had a favorite pay-per-view that really was my favorite. Okay. Uh, but like I said, it's no longer around. And personally, I wish it would be brought back. Mm-hmm. But the King of the Ring. Ooh, yes. The King of the Ring was my favorite pay-per-view. I used to love that idea of having these qualifying matches. And then it sets up where you had this bracket, this tournament-style bracket. And then you'd see, you know, the qualifying matchups during the shows, the SmackDowns, the Raws. Then you would see, like, maybe, you know, the, the first, second rounds, you know, first couple of rounds. And then the pay-per-view itself, you would get a few matches in there, like, you know, some, you know, mid-card title matches. You right, may right, have right. a main event title match. Mm-hmm. But the majority of that pay-per-view was centered around the actual tournament. The fact that you would open up the show with a semifinal matchup. Then you'd have another mid-card match in there. And then you'd have another semifinal matchup most of that pay-per-view was centered around the King of the Ring. And the fact that I think about the year Kurt Angle won the King of the Ring and how, you know, it told such a story because Rikishi went through so many lumps and barriers and you wondered, okay, is he going to do it? Because he, he literally went round after round beating people every time getting beat up somehow and injured along the way to where he got to the finals, fought Kurt Angle, gave an epic match, told a story that even though I, I, I'm completely injured, I'm here. And for Kurt Angle to eventually triumph over, uh, 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 you know, not 100% Rikishi, still told a story. Like, you know, it right. lets you know that Kurt Angle was getting catapulted. Uh, it lets you know Rikishi still looked strong because he went through all of that. You know, it just, Royal Rumble told so many stories. It made stars as well because i think about stone cold steve austin 
you yeah. know, there would be no Stone Cold Steve Austin probably if it wasn't for pay-per-views like King of the Ring because Ring, he cut yeah. that infamous Austin 316 promo says, I just whipped your world, you know. And yeah. and, and that just goes to show uh, this pay-per-view needs its comeback. That's what mm-hmm. is missing today. You know, uh, they brought it back but it wasn't quite the same yet. Like they have to bring it back in a pay-per-view form. You get what I'm saying? And then you really have to, because the fact that that tournament used to guarantee, like the Royal Rumble, it guaranteed the winner a title shot instantly. And you knew, and not not just a mid-card title, legit catapulted you to main event status. Mm-hmm. All the reason why it was one of my favorite pay-per-views. And I agree, and that's and that's a great view. That was the actual what I was thinking of, because the King of the Ring, like you said, it it brought some epic moments. Like like you said, Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, if you hear the story about it, like what if Hunter Hearst Hensley had won that year? What we had still had that Stone Cold. But even mm-hmm. even besides that, if they didn't have the King of the Ring, they would Stone Cold still be there? Like it's mm-hmm. interesting to think things like that. Like my favorite King of the Ring winner was Edge. Uh, that mm-hmm. that was epic to me. And the, yes. the story, like you said, it tells a story. Like after he won, it brought an epic rivalry between him and Christian. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And yeah. for the Intercontinental Title, so I understand. And I I do agree with you. They need to bring it back as a pay per view because I didn't like it when they just brought it back as a regular tournament for Raw and SmackDown just on the mm-hmm. shows because. They didn't take them serious. I think the last person they took serious as a King of the Ring winner was by William Regal when he won 2008. When mm. they brought it back, they tried to do something with Sheamus. It wasn't, you know, it was okay. They mm. tried something with King Barrett, you know, and I, I, I shout out to him trying to make it work. But if you're going to make somebody the King of the Ring, don't make them lose. They, they he, he was losing too many matches. So oh, yeah. King of the Ring is like one of my favorites also. So I agree with you. Um, Royal Rumble is it's a close second favorite to me. Uh, mm-hmm. like you say, you never know who's gonna win and everything. But well, well, my favorite was was No Way Out. Uh, now mm. they call it the Elimination Chamber. That was my no favorite because the reason why that was my favorite, you never knew. Like especially when the champion defended his title inside the Elimination Chamber, mm. anything could happen. Like 2008, for example. You know what I mean? Uh, Endo ran on Dent defend it in the Elimination Chamber. We had Triple H to win a spot. Now we got a triple threat match between him, Cena, or like things like that. I love yes. those pay-per-views in the in between the Royal Roman Mania because anything could happen. Nowadays, yes. not really because you got fast lane elimination chamber. It, it kind of throws stuff off, but back mm-hmm. then it was great. It was it was epic, bro. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my next question for you before we transition to our next topic. So you grew up in the era with the Monday Night Wars. You, you was there. You was like in the prime of it. If you could choose, like now as more of an adult, now again more history of wrestling in your body, mm-hmm. which one you feel like produced the best content? And I know a lot of people who probably listen this way, obviously it'd be WWF because WCW is not around no more. But besides that, like it's sometimes WCW produced some great content. Um, I could do Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero Halloween Havoc as an example. So mm-hmm. to you, which one you feel like put out the best? It's a two-part question. Who you feel like put out the best wrestling content and who? which brand you feel like put out the most, the best entertaining content? Like, which one? Like, to you. You know what? That's actually a, a, a fairly, fairly easy question for me. Um, okay. 
honestly, looking back at it, I feel like for that era of the Attitude Era um, and the Monday Night Wars, WCW put out the better wrestling content in terms of matches with the talent that they had. Um, the Chris Jericho's, the Shane Helms's, um, you know, it, it was, it was, it was Chris Benoit's and, and all of those guys. Now things took a shift though, mm-hmm. because once, you know, obviously WWF had the better entertainment, the characters right? and everything. Yeah. The character building, all of that jazz, but things took a turn the moment people jumped ship from WCW to WWE. Mm. When the Jerichos, the Benoit's, the Guerrero's, the Dean Malenko's and all of them started making their way over to WWE, then WWE suddenly became the better wrestling and the better entertainment. Mm -hmm. You know, all that was really missing were some of my personal favorite WCW people like such as, who eventually made their way there, but you know, the Booker T's, mm-hmm. the, you know, Shane Helms is the um, <clears throat> Shannon Moore's and of course, Sting, which mm-hmm. I for one still wish Prime Sting would have made his way to WWE. Yeah, me too. Uh, but, you know, we never really got to see that, unfortunately. Right, right. But um, yes, I I definitely have to agree. Now, a lot of people don't know this, but right, uh huh. WWE had a chance to get AJ Styles. Right, right, right. As did WCW, and WCW just ended right before they had a chance to bring up another star in AJ Styles, which I think. Had that happened and they not gone out of business, mm-hmm. AJ Styles for sure would have been the, the 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 weight bearer to carry WCW to the next level. And yeah, I believe that because I, I think at that time Vince Russo was working on like a new blood generation at that time. So I wouldn't be shocked because look what AJ Styles did with TNA. So I most definitely agree with you on that. Um, especially when and then I also go back what you say when a lot of people start jumping ship. That's mm-hmm. why I had some like so much hope for the invasion angle because mm, yes that that storyline could I understand they 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 had to work with they had to work with because you know like the big names were still getting paid by uh Ted Turner uh at that time if mm-hmm. I'm wrong please excuse me but like you know I know Ric Flair Sting and Goldberg were still on contracts where they could just sit at home and get paid so mm-hmm. I understand that but I, I would love to see like you said Prime Sting and Prime Undertaker at that time they would have been they would have been dope they would have been awesome to see bro and yes. and I, I agree with you uh besides the storylines at WCW and the, the overbooking pushes of my boys in WO <laughs> WCW at that time was putting out better wrestling content especially with the cruiserweights um, even though a lot of people said they didn't really get the cruiserweights as much time at that day and back in the old days, but the country, the wrestling was just dope, you know. I mean, you yes. can say a lot about WCW. Uh, my I know my, my champ, the taco champion, is probably listening and watching this right now. Uh, they are huge WCW fanatics, uh, especially hearts. But mm-hmm. I, but WCW had some great talent over there, and, and I, I really wish. Man, I really, I really wish that the Vince didn't buy them. If they did buy them, brought more of the prime time WCW players over. 
mm-hmm. know, they came. I feel like, like we said, Sting. Sting came 2014, a little too late. Uh, mm-hmm. Kevin Nash, when he came back, he had a lot of injuries, you know, things like that. So, yeah, I agree with you. WCW had the better wrestling, but WWF had more of the characters in the entertainment. So, speaking of around that years and that era wrestling, uh, WWE recently put out uh, a new documentary called WWE Icons, and the very first episode was the legendary Yokozuna. Uh, you got a chance to check it out? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Good, great, great. And for the ones who didn't know, Yokozuna, he was uh, he was a dominant force in the early 90s in the WWF, mid-90s also. Um, uh, for wrestling fans who doesn't know, he he's related to Roman Reigns, the Uso Twins, Rikishi, the Wild Samoans, Umaga, all those guys, the incredible talent, that whole bloodline. Um, those guys are just amazing. And Yokozuna's story, it was just... It was just amazing and just beautiful. So, um, kind of catch you up. We were just basically talking about how how his uncle um, mm-hmm. promised his brother just to like promise his brother that he was gonna take Yokozuna under his wing and just make sure he be focused and stay and you know keep a straight path in life with professional wrestling. And how basically when he got started, he just took over. Like Yokozuna, mm-hmm. he was doing things that no man his size could do. Like. It wasn't like I couldn't imagine no guy like over 300, 400 pounds moving the way he did. Mm-hmm. Um, how him and Raikishi came up in WAF as a small tag team, but how Yokozuna broke off, became a Japanese character. You know, you know the history of the WrestleMania situation that everybody really despised. You know, yeah. when his, <laughs> his WAF title and a certain brother um, interfered with that. Um, so. I just want to see your mindset over the Wayne. Uh, what 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 part stood out to you the most? Of course, we're gonna discuss the end of it, which was it was sad to see Yokozuna pass away the way he did. Um, mm-hmm. Man, that that hurts a lot. But before we get to that part, what was your overall thought on the documentary? How you feel that the WWE did on it? How you feel that his family spoke on? It? Or just mm-hmm. how you feel about the career of Yokozuna was presented in the entire documentary? Man, I loved it. I think they uh they did him a solid with this. Right. Um, it was it was definitely a way. I, I wish it was one of those things where he still could have been around to be a part of telling his story behind everything. Uh, you know, usually with these type of things, you know, it always sucks that you can't hear the side of the person that's no longer here to tell their side uh, of what he felt, what he was going through through all of this. But nonetheless, like. I'm sure he looked down on that and, and, and smiled big knowing that like his story was told, um, his legacy was left to to be visually seen to those who may not have been around at that time, like the younger fans of today who didn't know about this incredibly large man who was larger than life. You saw it through a lot of the kids who, you know, were just like, yeah, Yokozuna, like, yeah, we want to see this man, you know, like <laughs> being an attraction. He signified um again just going to what a lot of lacks today um being an attraction something you want to see you want whether you want to see you know i'm honestly to me um yokozuna was probably the biggest attraction for that era since yeah. andre the giant yeah most definitely i agree and it, i think it's just because like you said he was larger than life 
and mm-hmm. and and to see a guy move that fast, like like nobody seen nobody like this since Andre. You know what I mean? And I I was so excited to learn more about him because all I did was just watch some of the matches. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm not gonna pretend like I was just the biggest Yokozuna fan. Uh, I'm saying like the big important matches, like his match with Hogan at King of the Ring. Uh, mm-hmm. No, of course the WrestleMania match with Bret Hart, and it was dope to see the history behind that match because as when I was watching it for the first time, I was so confused. I was so confused mm-hmm. at the end of the match how like how Hogan got thrown in there and everything, and to hear the history behind it. Uh, for you, for the guys and the fans who doesn't know the history behind the story, so mm-hmm. Yokozuna went against Bret Hart for the for the WWF Championship WrestleMania 11, correct? If I'm not wrong, yet. Uh, WrestleMania nine. WrestleMania nine, yeah, WrestleMania nine. They went against each other at WrestleMania nine. Dope match. Yokozuna beat Bret Hart for the WWF title. So for the people who know the Hogan part, so how Hogan won the belt is because Hogan. Basically, play backstage politics. He went up to Vince. It was like, "Hey, what's the main event? Uh, can he get involved with it? Because he was about to go and promote some movie. This was his way to promote a movie he just shot around that time. And and like Bret Hart said, he felt like that was a slap in the face to the generation of Yokozuna. He felt like that was getting past the Hulk Hogan era, which I agree. Uh, Hulk Hogan, you know, you can say whatever you want about him. I'm not the biggest fan of him, but he was the 80s. He was the big guy in the 80s, and, and he helped make wrestling mainstream, and I, I appreciate that. But I felt like that was so disrespectful to Yokozuna and the new guys who was coming up in the industry that he basically told Vince, hey, forget that guy. Let me get the belt. Promote the movie for a couple months, then I'll drop it. And I feel like it's going past the era. Like now, I see what fans now are going through there again. Look at Goldberg. When no, when Goldberg won the Universal Title against the Fiend Bray Wyatt. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like history repeating itself, and it's like a slap in the face. And that was basically what Yokozuna went through. And Rakishi said in documentary, it's like Yokozuna didn't care, but he cared. And to me, I personally feel like personally. I feel like he cared because I feel like that was a slap in the face of him. Like, if you look up the build up from him and Britt for that till WrestleMania, he was on fire. Like, for him to play a heel, he was getting big pops from the crowd because everybody knew this is a new era. This is a new generation. And we finally go get mm-hmm. a champ. And so to have Hulk Hogan to come in and interfere with that, it was like, what was the point? You know what I mean? You took yes. away his shine. And when you go back and watch the documentary, you can see Roman Reigns' face. He was like, that was a big moment for my family. And he said, and then, like, he was disappointed. You can tell Roman's still disappointed. And that happened, like, 30-some years ago, bro. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Yokozuna's story, as a wrestling fan, I feel like every wrestling fan should watch that documentary. Because after, after he dropped the belt to Hogan, then won the belt back, he was kind of getting his stride. It took him a couple months to get the belt back. Uh, he beat Hogan at King of the Ring. But after he dropped that belt, um, as you saw for the documentary, his life went downhill. Um, Yokozuna had a weight problem. Uh, the man was eating over, like, big pounds of food. And in, in, in the documentary, a fan asked him, how much does he eat for breakfast? And he said, I eat more than you. 
and you know in Yokozuna his his weight was getting bigger and bigger as time went by. Uh, Bruce Pritchard he actually talked about how WWF sent him away for three months to lose weight, and he said he came back bigger than ever. You guys, so if just Google Yoko, Yokozuna and you can see how big he was when he first came in. Look at him before he passed away. The guy was huge, and it was kind of it was it was. It was heartbreaking. So, Dwayne, to see see a guy like that, larger mm-hmm. than life, you know, we so used, we forget that they are characters. You know, we forget that they are humans because of their characters. We think, oh, man, like, like larger than life, nothing can break them down. So, they hear the dark side of his, of him going down, like the turmoil going on in his life. As a fan, how did it make you feel? It definitely uh, was, was, heartbreaking to see you know um it's like the old cliche of every star has their rise and every star Mm -hmm. has their fall Mm -hmm. and how you handle the fall always tells the story Mm. and unfortunately it didn't seem like that's that fall was handled well uh, because with what was trying to be, we want to help you get back to your larger than life status. Mm-hmm. It slowly became one of those things where it was sad to see I'm hanging back to my glory days, mm-hmm. you know, while looking like a shell of myself. And that's with any talent. You know, you never want to see that with any talent that you look at, you know, from all of the greats, you know, um, it, 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 it's really crazy because I think about, again, uh, as you mentioned, like when you see what Goldberg is doing today and how you're like, man, you know, it almost breaks your heart because you're like, you know, this ain't that error anymore, man, you know, and, yeah. and you know, we don't want to see you like this uh the undertaker you know when he realized it was time to finally hang it up and he couldn't really give roman that send-off match he really wanted to give him and he was looking like a shell of himself you know um so many names come to mind but then you you know but then you think about ones uh like a stone cold steve austin who quietly retired Mm-hmm. amongst anyone with not even really anyone realizing yep. you know and then yet still hanging on to his name where he doesn't look like a fallen star you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying in fact Stone Cold still Stone Cold you're like hey man that's Stone Cold grab a couple of Steve Wises and yep. celebrate with my man real quick you know <laughs> and you know you're good but like it just again looking at Yogozuna it's just like man that's that's heartbreaking to see and, um, you know, the heart goes out to the family because even then I could see the happiness and the celebration, but then see still to this day that there's just so much hurt feeling like they could have done more or could have done better, you know, and that breaks my heart because of the family and knowing like there's so much more that could have been done to save this man's life. And, you know, it's, it's sad. It's sad. Yeah, yeah Yokozuna is, is just, it just went from performing from the millions 
to perform in front of like a hundred in the crowd. Now on the day, let's let's go back to health wise to see him. You know, three hundred pounds—that's a big guy. That's that's still big, but to see him towards the end of his life, like almost like four hundred, close to five hundred pounds, it was just like, wow, he need, he needs help, especially seven. when he had like seven. Wow, and like and especially when they show him in the Indies when he wearing the black shirt, it was like he had like two big little coats on. Like it was just it was just heartbreaking. It made me. And what really hurt me the most was seeing Rikishi broke down in the documentary. You know, Rikishi, we so used to him, like, another mm-hmm. larger-than-life party character and everything, to see him break down on camera, to see Roman, because, you know, Roman got the biggest heel character right now. So to see him to break character, to see him upset about, of course, his family, to see them upset, it kind of makes me wonder, like, will you mock us? You know he, you know mm-hmm. he, his his heart. He passed away uh, due to a heart attack. It kind of made me think about him. Like, was mm-hmm. it was it drugs or was it was also a weight issue like Yokozuna? You know what I mean. So that family, they've been through a lot. Um, Even really Roman's wish... brother. Yeah, Roman's brother Rosie. Yeah, so like yeah. that was things like that, bro. Like that family been through it all, and I think that's why Roman. And the Usos are really carrying the legacy right now in WWE wise. Mm-hmm. I know they got other family members in MLW and everything mm-hmm. like that, but I just feel like they are Yokozuna, like you said earlier about how he was smiling in the documentary. I think he's looking at some man like you. T- you look at my mistakes. You don't make those same mistakes. You you just mm-hmm. you should be better than I was, and and they proving it every single day. I feel like honestly to me. Well, Yokozuna, after Yokozuna passed away, even though that was towards the end of Rikishi's career going, like, retirement, Rikishi got even better. It's like Yokozuna jumped inside of him to me for some reason. I don't know why. To me, it just felt like that. Because Rikishi in 2001, he was on a run, bro. He was just, yeah. like, doing – he was doing massive things, especially, especially around the time Yokozuna passed away in 2000, like, with the whole uh, – I did it for the rock storyline. You know what I mean? That oh, yeah. that, that that whole family to me, they're just awesome. You can't take that away. You can't you can't take away from that family because those guys carried professional wrestling for years, bro. Exactly. So it was so it was dope to see Yokozuna get his roses. Of course, I wish he was still alive to to tell his side and to receive those roses. But it was dope to see his kids because I didn't even know he had kids. So it was dope to mm-hmm. see them on there. This, to see Rikishi, Roman, my, I think Jay was on there. It was so I recommend everybody if you don't have the WWE never, please think about investing in it and watch that documentary because it's really great. The WWE really did a great job on it, and uh, I can't wait for the next episodes that when they were promoting it, they they promote Rave Dam, uh, Bill Phoenix. So I can't wait to see those guys' stories, and it's it's awesome. Just check it out, you guys. So absolutely, highlight real. You my guy. So I gotta hit you. It's called the championship round bachelor month. Championship round bachelor okay. month. I'm gonna hit you with some questions. You answer as quick as possible. Don't overthink. <laughs> you can't okay. overthink it. It's okay. quick, fast to the punch. Bam. All right. Question number all one. All right. Let's do it. Brett, Brett or Sean? Sean. Rock or Austin? Rock. Vince or Shane? Shane. Mmm. Mm-hmm. Booker T or Stevie Ray? Booker T. Mm, okay, I see how you went down. <laughs> Goldberg or Sting? Sting. Nash or Hall? Hall. 
Mm, oh, okay, brother. Okay. <laughs> Jimmy or Jay? Jay. Ah, what? Jay. You went with Jay? I thought you were going to go with Jimmy. Okay. Jay. I okay. guess my man Jay. He's on fire right now. Benoit Guerrero. 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 Dane or Ray? Ray. Mm-hmm. Seth Rollins or John Moxley? Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. Okay. Roman Reigns or Keith Lee? Roman Reigns. And this is the big one, the money maker, because I think I already know this answer. <laughs> the Rock or Cena? <laughs> John Cena. Wow, wow. Explain. Discuss, man. That was <laughs> So why you chose Cena over Rock? I'm I'm very intrigued on that answer. Okay. Everyone who knows me knows I love the rock. I do. Right. And yes, um the only reason I chose Cena is because he has had to carry a load more than the rock. Mm. Uh, and the reason is, is because two different eras. Now, I will choose The Rock in any other category from charisma, acting, um, all of those things, larger than life persona, all of that. Uh, but the reason I went with Cena is because Cena didn't really have a lot of names on his level at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, right. Edge. But then Edge had to retire forcefully in 2011. Mm-hmm. Angle, but he left in 2006 and ended up in Impact Wrestling and put pretty much Impact on the map wrestling with those talents. Mm-hmm. As we know, Guerrero and Benoit weren't around. Yeah. JBL, after he defeated him, did not stay on that top level. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, this man literally had to work with The Miz, R-Truth, CM Punk, man, even even a Kane, you know, Adolph Ziggler, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's so many names of guys who were like mid-tier or you oh, know working you, their way up, working their way up. Yeah. right yeah. you know never someone who was on the same level as him or higher right um versus the rock who as we know mm-hmm. he came up with a lot of these guys at the same time right right stone cold and the rock were coming up together Triple H and The Rock were coming up together. They were all starting off in that mid-card together. Mm-hmm. They all got to that main event level status together. So they were all tearing the house down together. You know, the, now The Undertaker was already on that solid level. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, you see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it, it just, you know, same thing with Mankind. You know, The Rock had a strong base around him where everybody was kind of equal. You get what I'm saying? Um, again, you know, you had people who liked people more than others, mm-hmm. but everybody was still on the same tier yeah, together. 
Cena had to work with a lot of people that weren't on his tier yet. He had to be the guy to bring them to his tier, much like Roman is doing right now. Right. Roman right. Reigns is in that same position now. It was forceful at first. Yeah. But now, with this persona, this tribal chief persona, this head of the mm-hmm. table persona, mm-hmm. he's resurrecting guys who were just floating. Came on. Bringing them back to his level. You know, yeah. uh, possibly a Cesaro. Uh, you know, uh, so many individuals are being resurrected through him now, in, in a way, you know, which all plays into the psychology of who he is. But because of that, that's why I had to go with Cena. That was the only yeah. reason I had to. And I, I agree. To I agree. And, and like you say, and like, I feel like the only person was on Cena level at that time that kept him away for a long time, which was Batista. Uh, mm. Him and Batista was at that same level. Cena might be a little bit more. I feel like they Orton. put Batista, huh? Orton, Orton. yeah, yeah. It was also Orton. Yeah, Orton and Batista, and I feel like Orton they did the perfect timing. But the Batista, I feel like the matches they did have with Cena and Batista, they were around the time Batista was like mentally out of wrestling at that time. I feel mm. like if they did it probably around. Like, if they did, like, a champion versus champion in 2005, we probably got mm-hmm. some dope matches, but, like, they 2008 match at SummerSlam didn't work out too well. Cena got hurt. Uh, 2010, like I said, they did some great matches, but you could tell mentally Batista was out of it. But I agree, like, yes. Cena was Cena was just kind of helping talent, trying to get on, and even though people thought he was burying them, he really wasn't. You got to understand Cena, they had those, like you just said, those guys up there with him. I feel like the guys that was up there with him, I think because the internet helped him, and also because he had uh, independent experience with CM Punk. Like, I'm mm-hmm. a huge Punk fan. I feel like that storyline made sense. Our truth it felt like in the beginning, it was forced, but it started mm-hmm. making sense with the conspiracy theory and the, the Miz. Uh, it made sense because it was a cocky young Miz, but at the mm-hmm. same time, you would never expect Imagine Cena was gonna have a a program with him, so yes. I, I agree. So to hear you say Cena, at first I was shocked, but to hear you explain it, it makes sense now. Like okay, yeah, Cena Cena had now that it, the Rock was probably what, five years in, probably five six years in before he left, and Cena got what fourteen years before he left. So yeah, to, yeah, the longevity yeah. definitely. Uh, it's again. Uh, to me, the Cena and the Rock conversation is always the Michael Jordan uh, the LeBron, LeBron James situation to me. It's 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 both deserve flowers. Mm-hmm. Both in their own ways are Hall of Fame greats and have accomplished a lot and changed a lot of generations. Mm-hmm. People who grew up in the generation of Cena, much like people who grew up in the generation of LeBron. Well, of course, put them number one because that's your generation. Generation. People who drew up in the generation of The Rock, let's like the generation of MJ. Of course, you're going to say Jordan. Of course, you're going to say The Rock because you grew up in that. Uh, But I am interested to see the ones who didn't grow up in either generation. You see what I'm saying? When LeBron's done, I want to see the people outside of LeBron's era trying to compare the two. Yeah what they will do. Same thing with Cena and The Rock. I want to see, now that we know both are clearly phased out of that top guy status, mm-hmm. both on, you know, more commercialized movie ventures and things mm-hmm. of that nature, I want to see the wrestling fans 
maybe you're growing up in this Roman Reigns era. Right. You know, no, maybe, maybe he's the guy that, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a kid growing up in the Roman era, from the force-fed Roman to the current Roman, maybe you're mm-hmm. a kid growing up in this era and he's your goat. You right. know, uh, I want to see what that is. Uh, so, again, man, The Rock will always be number one in my heart. He's always definitely one of my, my faves and my tops. But looking back, especially now being on some of this journey, looking back at some of Cena's matches, I watched the best of John Cena uh, a while back uh, last night, to be exact, watching some of his top matches all time in his career. And just to see the different in and out guys he had to face showcases that he hasn't had longevity with sub tier top tier people on his level. Like I said, if Edge wasn't forced to retire, yeah, would have been a different story. Yeah, uh, right. Like I said, and like you said, if Batista wasn't mentally out of it from that time, you know, maybe. had Bobby Lashley maybe stayed and matured mm-hmm. through WWE, who knows? Uh, right. ha- you know, again, he, you know, Dolph Ziggler is the all of these people that were given those those keys. Sheamus, Del Rio, uh, yeah. all these people from that era that had that those keys. They weren't on a John Cena's level. You could still see the difference mm-hmm. where it was like Cena's that guy. He's just carrying it all. And and like the people you just named, like I feel like by the time like Dolph in like crowd reaction wise, when he did kind of get to that Cena level, it was after he had his program with Cena. I think that like mm-hmm. like 2013, I think I think his TLC match in 2012 with Cena made people really like, okay, Dolph yeah. that guy, but like like you said, he ain't had that level just yet until after he fought Cena. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like everybody knows he was a great wrestler. He was a great talent that needed to get pushed more. But mm-hmm. after Cena, that's when everybody was like, "Okay, Dolph is the guy that the company need to focus on more." Mm-hmm. So I, I most definitely agree with you, bro. Like, uh, would I love to see another Cena-like character? No. And the reason why I say that because. It's it's a different era. It's a different time in professional wrestling. You know, like, uh, I feel like social media made a made a big impact because of that. Because nobody want a Cena no more. Like I know people find liking the Roman right now, but I promise you, like, okay, I'm thinking long term. Okay, let's say after WrestleMania and he still this heel, somebody gonna eventually want somebody else. And you know, social media, somebody gonna always complain like. I go on Twitter nowadays. I see people saying, "Oh, I love this Roman character. I love it. I love it. I love it." But I see, I'll see, still see tweets that, "Oh, I hate this Roman character. It's forced. It's getting shoved down our throat." But you just said before you wanted him to turn heel because he was getting shoved down our throat. So it's a different era. That's why I say I don't feel like a Cena per se is needed. Just have multiple big stars, mm-hmm. and like we we getting that now. Sasha Banks, Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Roman Reigns, uh, you can say what you want to say about how he got pushed to the main roster, but Keith Lee, uh, Finn Balor, since he went back to NXT, uh, Pete Dunne, you got all these marquee names now. And uh, even Cena just stepped up. First, Cena had said he won't be no, another marquee star in the company. Well, it was like three days ago. He just recently said he was wrong about that. We have a whole bunch of marquee stars now. So I don't feel like they don't need to. Vince McMahon or the WWE in general don't have to 
settle just on one guy anymore. Because, like I said, the wrestling industry has changed massively over mm-hmm. the past, what, five years? Because, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, social media been around and kind of impacted, but the past five years, you know, it's changed, especially with AEW around. Uh, mm-hmm. Impact finally getting his stride back. Um, you got Ring of Honor trying to get back on the map. New Japan Pro Wrestling. You know, you got all these different things of wrestling where you can't just have one guy. You got different multiple people now. And um, bro, it was, it, it, and that's why I love talking about wrestling with you. It's just, it is, it's great to dig in your mind because that's... you kind of be on the same wave pack on, on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And not only that, what I love about talking about wrestling with you, you get it. You you know it's more than a sport. It's an art. Yes. It's 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 story to it, bro. Yes. And uh, it was an honor to have you as my first guest, bro. You know, I had to bring you on yes, because man. if I it it would been wrong for me, like for me, you probably don't agree for me not to have you on because you was the guy who introduced me to this. You know what I mean? And I really appreciate you, Oos. You've been my Oos since mine since I was a baby, bro. And I really appreciate you coming on, taking that time. And before we end this, I got one more question for you. I forgot to ask you this, but I got to ask you now because I'm representing them now. So, <laughs> yes. So, the NWO or D-Generation X, my brother? Oh, man. You know, brother, I love you. you I love not. I love what you rep. You I love not. what you rep. You better not. <laughs> but man, let me better tell not. you, I got in trouble a lot of times. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry, Egypt. man. Listen, you know what? Oops. Listen, listen. I can't get upset. Listen, I, I love the it. NWO. I've oh, always man. thought that was an iconic symbol. That's an iconic logo. But D Generation X, man, listen, listen. You know what? DJ how many times we got in trouble just for saying "suck it"? Suck it. <laughs> you know how many times that "break it down" just plays and that music hits and you over here like, yeah, you feeling yeah. like a rebel? Yeah. You trying to tell me what to do? Who are you? I'm about to break you down, little man. You know what I mean? Like, man, listen, I, man, dog, I, I have to go. With D-Generation X. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking about arguably one of, if not the greatest tag team in the New Age Outlaws. Ooh. You're talking about the greatest iconic Showtime performer in Shawn Michaels. Okay. You're okay. talking about the greatest woman of all women yeah. in China. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And then you're talking about one of the greatest and and the path, the setting, setting the path for light heavyweight and undersized men going against heavyweights twice his size and X-Pac. Okay. Only to cap that off with the man who they say is that darn good and carrying this on his back and the man with three H's as Matt Hardy will say 
<laughs> Triple H? <laughs> oh, man. Listen. Uh, hey, I but I can't... I, I, I can respond back to that though. You know, it's like you got the man, you know, you know, kind of known as Diesel. He was around the man named Sean Mike. You got the man named Kevin Nash, the 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 man swag, big sexy, cool. Then you got Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. If you want a war, we're gonna give you one. And then you got, you know, you throw in people like Hogan. We ain't gonna talk about him. But you got Sting, Conan. Oh yeah, the macho man, yeah. Yeah, all those guys in there, you know what I'm saying? But major respect to D-Generation X because, let's be honest, if it wasn't for DX, maybe NWO probably wouldn't be as popular because they kind of remind you of each other. Even though NWO came around TV first, you know, DX was kind of around, but DS didn't really make their impact till 97. NWO 96, but I, I feel like those guys carry the brand, carry their own personal brand, uh, representing everything. To me, they were kind of like just different names, you know. Mm. And bro, to hear you talk about that, bro, it just again, it's always a great time to talk about wrestling with you, bro. And most Absolutely. definitely, I gotta have you back on. Tell the people where they can find you at, bro. Tell them, let them know where they can follow you at. For sure, brother. Well, let me just say, man. First and foremost, I am tremendously proud of you brother uh i am super happy for you i'm excited to see what you are going to do with this show i i am honored to be a part of uh history and being the first to help kick this show off and man here is to your growth in the podcast world here is to your growth and everything that you continually do as you grow as a person an individual and Welcome to the OTS family in most cases. Shout out to them as well for being able to yet extend yet a great branch as they always do, adding so much tremendous talent to this very brand. So um, yeah, uh, people, if you desire to follow your boy, it's quite simple. I'm not hard to find in these streets. You can find me at Dwayne Dickey Jr. on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at Highlight Life, H-I-L-I-T-E Life. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on all of that stuff. You know what I mean? Simple. Look up the Highlight Reel, H-I-L-I-T-E Reel. More importantly, follow the Life's a Botch podcast. You know what I mean? That's where I talk my things wrestling. We got some guests you know a few people that you may have heard of you know what i mean there's people you can talk to listen to you know i get to check out and talk to them about their stories and fun memories you know maybe somebody like the godfather or ron the truth killings or you know uh you know just just people you know a jordan grace you know for you you up-and-comers out there you know that, that, that are fans of today's wrestling and talents you know so many uh to 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 just name but again Follow that, and most importantly, follow the platform of OTS. You know what I mean? This is this is what provides for shows like the Life Sabaj Podcast, and I am Tremont. So, more importantly, if you want to find me, just simply check out the website www.otsguys.com. But again, salute to you, little bro, for catapulting what's going to be a phenomenal show because I'm super excited and can't wait to see what else is going to happen on this very bro, show. 
bro. I really appreciate that. I got so much cooking up. And again, major shout out to the OTS guys. Uh, you know, those guys brought me in with welcome arms. And, you know, I really appreciate it. Like he said, check them out www.otsguys.com. You know, the guys are dope. And you can find me on Instagram at vibing with the 90s. Oh, you can find me on Facebook, Darren Tremont. You know, I'm more than welcome. You guys are more than welcome to send me questions or tell me how to read reviews. I'm more than welcome to respond back. I love you guys. This is a journey I can't wait to have you ride along with. Hey, I am your man, Tremont. See ya.